Jake Joachim Lowe is leaving Germany. Uh, he's going to step down at the end of Euro 2020. What do you think of that? Uh, it makes sense, really. You probably find he'll uh, go out into club management. Imagine maybe Dortmund or Bayern or something like that, maybe, depending on how they do with their managers. I mean, he's he's been the manager for, what, 17 years now or something like that. 15 years, I think it is, actually. But still, he, he's won the lot, really, though, hasn't he? All but the Euros, actually, where he finished runners up twice. Yeah, he replaced Jurgen Klinsmann in uh, 2006. We could see another Jurgen take charge of the Germany team. Jurgen Kopp, uh, his, his future at Liverpool is almost, maybe not in doubt, but after this, you could definitely see him moving on to, to, to pastures new after, after this season with Liverpool. Well, it, it, it's the logical transfer, really, isn't it? I mean, he's won all he's got. He's had to win with Liverpool. Um, they're not in the greatest run of form this season, but he, he'll leave as a leave as a club legend, even though he's only been there what four seasons? Is it? Twenty fifteen is when he started. So, so this will be his fifth five, season. Fifth season, yeah. But to go on to the national team seems to be the logical one because then you know afterwards he can decide whether he wants to go back to club management or just retire <laughs> do you not think he would want to try and stay at Liverpool though? stay in the Premier League and try and recover what has turned into a, a shockingly bad season for Liverpool <laughs> I, uh, I don't know I, uh, he's, quite, he's done what he needs to do at Liverpool he built the squad he, he won the won the trophies didn't he win everything that's possible to win? Uh, was there one apart th- from the FA Cup and the League Cup, but obviously no one, no one really cares about the League Cup. No one cares about the League Cup. He didn't win the FA Cup, has he not? No, no, never, never won the FA Cup. Liverpool haven't won the FA Cup since 2006, I believe. That was a lot. Is it that a lot? Yeah. Oh. Been a while. I did not know that. So you could argue he'd stay for one more season to try and win the FA Cup, but who's going to replace Joachim Lowe? That's the problem. Who else could you possibly see taking over the Germany job other than Jurgen Klopp? Uh, Thomas Tuchel, but he's just got gone to Chelsea, hasn't he? Yeah, Chelsea on a good run of form uh, themselves. They just beat Everton uh, last night in the Premier League. Do you see them as a, a top four team? Definitely top four team. I mean, at the start of the season, I actually uh, I actually had money on them winning the, winning the, the title, but Frank Lampard kind of dropped off very heavily with that one but they're in fourth at the moment their nearest challenges are West Ham but West Ham won't be up there for much longer than it's Everton but they're pretty dead set for top four do you think? I think so yeah I think they look good uh, they're, they're unbeaten in 11 games now I think Chelsea well Tuchel's turned um, them around hasn't he? he has he's turned their fortunes right I, I, I still I still think Frank Lampard deserves more time oh he did um well, but, that's just Abramovich, isn't it? Yeah, I think yeah. At the same time, Lampard probably knew what he was getting into when when he took the job. That if any, if anything started to go pear shaped, uh, yeah, he, he was probably going to look at firing him. But um, well, the amount of time he was at the club and the amount of managers he went through, yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's got he's got a lot of experience with new managers. Yeah, um, Jose Mourinho definitely not a new manager. Uh, he's 
he's sort of rekindling his relationship a little bit with Gareth Bale. Uh, he is. Bale's picking up his form. It was looking really sour a few weeks ago, especially with the, the training thing on Instagram. Mm. Um, but all of a sudden, it looks as though Gareth Bale may have a future with Tottenham. Well, he's, what, is it four goals his last two games now, is it, I think? Yeah. He's, he, got... he, he's, he's turning into a goal machine again, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, the game against Burnley, that was just a... That was one where he scored two goals in quick succession, got an assist as well. I mean, it's like his last three games, he's had four goals, two assists. Uh, no, one assist, sorry. Which is uh, yeah, which is good going. He got he got one in that Europa League game before as well, didn't he? Yeah, he um, also scored in in the FA Cup against. Was it was it, was it the mighty Wickham? He <laughs> yeah, he scored a goal against the mighty Wickham Wanderers. <laughs> Great team. They've got uh, Dinamo Zagreb. Um, on Thursday night something tells me that Spurs could win the Europa League this season but they have got AC Milan Manchester United who played to the as well on Thursday night this is actually a really competitive Europa League this season it is it is it, it makes a change doesn't it um, I mean you'll know one of the big big guns like uh, AC or uh, Man United will go out because they're playing each other and who's the who are the other contenders would you say like Arsenal, but Arsenal are Arsenal. <laughs> they'll so, bottle it at some stage. Exactly. They'll probably lose to Olympiacos in the next round. I mean, they tried their best to to lose to Benfica. Yeah, <laughs> they nearly blew that one as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, Rangers are in incredible form. They haven't lost a game in Europe, so they could uh, they could challenge. But I don't know. Once they get into the the later rounds, they might struggle. Uh, Sevilla aren't in the Europa League, of course, so they won't win it. <laughs> no, for once, they can't win it. Yeah, so you'd you'd have yeah safe bet to say probably Tottenham could challenge. Could be Mourinho's first bit of silverware with uh, with Tottenham. Tottenham's first bit of silverware for years, isn't it? When did they they last won the FA Cup? Didn't they? Something like that. Twenty thirteen or something like that. Can't remember taking me back a while there. I'm not sure when Tottenham's last trophy was actually. It would have been in the in the 2000s, um, surely. I'm not, I'm did, not sure. did they win something in that decade? I I couldn't tell you. We would have to have a look. Um, whilst we do that, let's just talk about about Rangers. You mentioned Rangers there. They just won the Scottish Premiership. Um, that's actually something that ties into the whole Jurgen Klopp debate as well, because Steven Gerrard is very much tipped to be the one who's next going to take over. Uh, as as Liverpool boss, if Klopp leaves this summer, would you see Steven Gerrard taking up that gauntlet and and becoming Liverpool manager, or do you think he's not ready just yet? I can definitely see it. It would be very much like a Frank Lampard esque uh, managerial appointment, but it, it makes sense for him to go in. But if he didn't, that would also it would also make perfect sense because he's not ready. But it could be another Frank Lampard story in the case that he doesn't do very well with the team to to, to start with, and the the owners might might say, "No, you're not ready yet. Come back in a few years." He he will probably stay another season at Rangers, I'd say, because they're on this form. They haven't lost a game all season. Um, they've lost, I think, one game, and that was in the Scottish Cup or something like that. Um, but. For him to stay at Rangers makes sense to try and keep up with that momentum, win another trophy, keep Celtic down. But it, it, it's a tough one. From a Liverpool fan's perspective, what would you say? 
I would say he's not ready yet. I, I as a Liverpool fan, I would want to see Jurgen Klopp stay until 2022. Um, that's when his contract ends as well. Um, uh, so he's only got one more season. He's left only on got his one contract. more year left, and I don't think, especially after how this season's gone, I don't think he has any intention of of extending that contract either beyond next year. Um, I, I I would love to say that he would he will stay for another year, but obviously the the Joachim Low news this morning definitely throws that up into the air in terms of you know will he be the manager going forward? What, um, what about a straight swap? Well, I can't see Klopp managing Rangers. I don't think he could. <laughs> I think from the dizzying heights of Dortmund and Liverpool, oh, I can't talk, see him wanting to talking about Joachim no. Low. Obviously, um, no, le- Joachim Low at Liverpool. He could, you know. I don't. I don't think he's had much like club managerial experience, no, though. No, he doesn't. Well, and obviously, the last fifteen years, football has changed dramatically. In the last yeah. fifteen years, to be honest, as well, I, I think you'd probably look at uh, how Germany have done recently, particularly uh, in in twenty eighteen at the World Cup when it just didn't go their way at all. <laughs> no. um, Manuel Neuer ended up playing in midfield, and and that that ended disastrously. And um, <laughs> South Korea know all about that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I I think if you um if you look at Germany's last few years, you'd probably say that Joachim Lowe hasn't exactly got the best recent resume to to become a club manager for one of the biggest clubs in Europe. But then of course if you do look at some of their success since two thousand and six, um well, yeah, there hasn't really been that much, has there? Well, well, apart from Germany uh, winning the World Cup in 2014. Well, he finished third in 2010 in the World Cup, one in 2014, obviously. Second in 2008, uh, where they finished second to Spain. Third in 2012 and 2016 in the Euros. Um, and then they won the Confederations Cup in 2017. But the Confederations Cup is a it's a Mickey Mouse trophy, really, isn't it's it? It's tiny, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think, because it's different in international management, um, because the criteria for managing an international team like Germany is trophies, isn't it? Oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. To have only won, to have to have really only won the World Cup, because we're not going to count the Confederations Cup because it's rubbish. <laughs> it's, it's not good, is it? It's, it's not the greatest record. Well, it, it's nothing on that Spain squad from 2008 to 2012, no. is it? No, definitely not. It's, um, I think... Vicente Del Bosque is still he's still the Spain manager, isn't he? I think. No, no, he's no. not. No, no, it's Luis Enrique. Luis Enrique is yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't, I'm not sure what Del Bosque is doing actually. He's no, probably no. probably in like Russia or something. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in the Bahamas somewhere by now. <laughs> yeah. um, we just go back to the Europa League for a second because we've also got the likes of Roma uh, and Ajax in there as well. Uh, I, d- um, I didn't think about Ajax because obviously yeah. they had that Champions League run a few seasons ago, didn't they? I think. Uh, I, they kind of feel like two sides that have gone under the radar um, in the last couple of years, particularly Ajax since that Champions League semi-final. Um, I don't know about you. I would love to see Ajax get rid of this status as a selling club who just bring up talent just to sell them on to the to the other yeah. biggest clubs in Europe. I'd love to. I would have loved to see them keep the likes of Frankie De Jong, Danny Van der Beek, uh, Donny Van der Beek, who is yeah, delict. Obviously, Van der Beek's just sitting on the Man United bench now. Um, Frankie Young has become a mainstay in the Barcelona team, though, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. But th- that's that's what I mean. If you're if you're the Ajax coach, you're thinking, why can't we keep hold of these players and mm. become a mainstay in European football? Yeah, because well, that would be the only you know success, wouldn't it? Because they win the win the Eredivisie every every season, every second season, if if not every season, and um, the the Dutch league is never going to be one of the big five. 
I mean, it's it's probably more competitive than the uh, uh, than League One, but yeah. <laughs> but the only reason they're big is because of uh, because of PSG. Yeah, and the amount of money they've got. I suppose that's why this whole European Super League idea keeps banded about, being banded about, does it? Because you know, they're like, oh, our leagues are boring. We want more competition. Whereas you've got the likes of the Premier League and La Liga and potentially even Serie A now saying, no, we uh, we like our competitiveness. What do you think of that Super League idea? I'm I'm not sold on it. Oh, I'm not. Um, Never. Because, obviously, I, th- I feel like Europe, in a way, almost wants to compare itself to the US. Because the USA is so big, there's yeah. just so much sport going on. There's so many different clubs, so many different teams. That they almost want to be like the United States a little bit. Um, f- to me, I don't, again, I don't know about you, but it kind of just feels like a lot of European countries in terms of football are just starting to lose their identity a little bit. And it's all because of money, isn't it? Oh, yeah. M- money is money is the main thing in football, isn't it? I mean, a European Super League once every f- four or five years, that could be something to talk about maybe. You know, in between the Euros and the World Cup potentially every four years. Um, think oh yeah let's get the 12 biggest clubs who've performed over the last four years into this league and see who's the who's the best but if you win the Champions League in those four years you get an automatic spot or something like that I, I don't know it's an idea to think about but the idea of having just these the same 12 teams play each other over and over again it would lose it would lose um the, the the excitement about seeing a Liverpool against PSG game in the Champions League. If they think, oh, they're going to play twice every season anyway. Yeah. You don't think, oh, there's, there's a game on. We should watch that tonight. We should go to the pub to watch that. You're like, oh, we'll just sit at home and watch this. I, I also can't help but think about, um, for example, in England, there's there's a fantastic football pyramid. That's already in, in a bit of trouble um, with... Obviously, with COVID, that hasn't helped at all. But financially, um, it's always been so difficult for lower league clubs to to survive in the English football pyramid. Oh yeah. What would a Super League do to that? Would it would it enhance it, or do you think it would further exacerbate what's already a pretty dire situation for some of those clubs? It, I don't think it would enhance it whatsoever because all of the money that's in the Premier League and the Championship would go off to the Super League, which means getting to the Premier League or the Championship for someone like Wickham who've just spent their first season in the Championship this season they wouldn't they'd be like oh well we're in the Championship now it's kind of nothing is it because everyone's else everyone else is watching the Super League so I, I, I think it, it would take away from the football pyramid identity that we have in England because it, it works well obviously there's the, there are the likes of Bury who went out of uh went out of existence a couple of seasons ago but it would be a shame to see it lost because you know being from Plymouth well not from Plymouth living in Plymouth having a a league one club who were in the championship at one point went down all the way down to league two nearly got relegated into the national league to see them build themselves back up to get that success in league one and league two to get back up to the championship is good for the fans and for the game as well but if you're just like oh yeah we can get up to the top of the Premier League but there's nothing to play for once you get there you're like oh what's the point 
Yeah, especially because um, I remember Mourinho's um, rant about football heritage. That, that was funny, but uh, it, it, it is applicable, isn't it? Like, th- there's a lot of heritage um, in English football, which which would be lost, I think, if we went to a, a European Super League. Um, I'm going to stay on the topic of Europe because obviously tonight we've got two Champions League games. Tomorrow night as well, two more Champions League games. Um, I feel like tomorrow is the headline day. Um, oh, yeah. as, as opposed to today we'll start obviously with, with Barcelona um, they're looking to pull off another miracle against <laughs> Paris Saint-Germain um, I don't know, four years ago it definitely felt as though Barca had some real momentum going into that game against against PSG at the Camp Nou do you get that impression this time? Uh, no they have the momentum results wise because obviously they had that um they had to come back against Sevilla, where they were two 0 down in the first leg, and ended up winning three nil after extra time in the second leg. And then they swept aside uh, Osasuna at the weekend. Um, but when you look at the difference between the squad of twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen compared to the squad now, they had Neymar, Suarez, and Messi. Who have they got now? Griezmann, who Braithwaite. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Martin Braithwaite. That's all you need to know about that. Uh, Griezmann, who can play when he wants to play, but but it's very inconsistent. Dembele, who, when he's not injured, is good, but he's always injured. And obviously you've got Messi. Messi can change any game. Like if, if Messi comes out tomorrow night, Wednesday, and decides, I want to play football, he could score four goals. He could easily score four goals tomorrow. Mm. But there's also that defensive issue. PK's now injured. Um, Ronald Arunho, he's injured. He's been an up-and-coming defender in the Barca squad. Um, they've got Umtiti, who his game time in the last few seasons has been dwindling. And they've got Longley, who is Longley, <laughs> who's very prone to making mistakes. Um, Jordi Alba, he, he's, I think he, he's getting on a bit now, unfortunately, but he scored a good goal the other day against uh, Osasuna with a very good messy assist. But there's a new right back, Oscar Mingethos, coming through because uh, um, he, he's he's doing well, but I'm not sure he can live up to, you know. PSG because <laughs> Serginio Dest he was very poor in the first leg I'd, li- I'd like to believe that they could win but I'm not convinced <laughs> it would be it'd be incredible if they could um, they have a, a a new youngster coming through Maria who scored at the weekend um, against against Osasuna he's, he's not going to play against PSG um, but it's players like him that make you think that potentially there is a brighter future now. Well, it's uh, hit, it's Barca. it's him and Ansu Fati, really, isn't it? Yeah, they're they're good friends off the pitch. Um, Mariba's goal is very good, very good. Then um, you could see the sheer joy in his face once he scored it. He was like, "I finally scored my first goal for Barca." Messi assisted me, <laughs> and it was a very good goal. Um, retire now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Laporta won the election on Sunday and um, 
he was the manager uh, manager president from 2003 to 2010 i think it was and they had some success under him there um so people are optimistic about the future of barcelona football club because they're in a better fi- uh, situation financially, which means they can gain more money because back in 2003, they didn't have that pull that they do with sponsors now. They've got up-and-coming youngsters like Mariba, Fati, Mingueza, Aruno, all, all of these. Um, fortunately, Messi is coming towards the twilight years of his career, despite the fact he's in better goal-scoring form than ever. <laughs> um <laughs> It gives it gives Barca fans hope, the fact that they have got these youngsters, they've got this new president who's probably not going to get arrested this time. Because the last two presidents they've had have been arrested. Yep, <laughs> let's hope not. Yeah, so you, you so only way up is up. Yeah. As as have these improvements, do you reckon come or or, or not come soon enough for for tomorrow night? Would you say? Oh, for tomorrow night. I think tomorrow night is a, is a, is a write-off now. I think it's it's essentially, don't get embarrassed. Don't do a Bayern Munich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> don't do what they did against Bayern. It, it's it's more a case of lose with dignity because mm. they're still fighting on two fronts. They got to the Copa del Rey final, who they're playing uh, Athletic Bilbao. Um, and they're also, they're now in a title race in La Liga. They're only six points behind the behind leaders Atleti, so... Yeah, uh, Atletico, their, their, their lead isn't slipping too much. They have got a game in hand as well, of course. But mm. um, yeah, the, but Barca and Madrid are definitely closing on, on those two. Um, the other game, of course, is Liverpool-Leipzig tomorrow night. Um, Liverpool on an awful run of form at the minute. We've, we mentioned a little bit earlier on about how bad their season has, has become. They've lost their last six games at home. They are technically the home side um, tomorrow night. But they're not playing at Anfield. Yeah, <laughs> it's it it's one of those very rare occasions, and I never thought I'd say it. I'm actually glad that game's not being played at Anfield. Yeah. Because it's become a fortress, but it's a fortress against Liverpool at the minute. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you'll, walk, you'll walk away with three points if you come to Anfield. Um, <laughs> what, what are your predictions? ahead of that one Leipzig are fighting at the top of the Bundesliga they just won um, at the weekend by Munich's win against Borussia Dortmund put them back in front um, but 2-0 from the first leg Liverpool have two away goals but I think Leipzig will have more hope than Barcelona particularly given Liverpool's run of form at the minute Leipzig will go into this game thinking we can win this because what you know how many they've in the last seven games they've won what six, uh, one of them is it against Sheffield United I think it was so Leipzig, Leipzig are one of those teams that they they lost Timo Werner in the in the summer and they're losing Upamecano uh, next summer to Bayern Munich of all all teams. <laughs> um, but they have they've got they've got a mentality like last season in the Champions League. They had this mentality where no no opponent is too big for them. I know it, it will be a difficult one. Because Liverpool are obviously Liverpool. They might be in a poor run of form, but they still could come out and surprise everyone and have a good game. <laughs> Salah could not decide to fall on the floor and actually <laughs> actually score. <laughs> um, I think Liverpool will go through, but I think it'll be tough. Yeah. I think it'll probably be... I think Leipzig will win tomorrow, but I think Liverpool will ultimately go through. 
Leipzig have won eight of their last 11 games. One of those defeats um, was to Liverpool, um, as we saw earlier, 2-0. Um, I actually wanted to pick up on Salah diving because I remember a few years ago, um, I don't know why this never took off, but um, they were introducing bans for diving. Mm. Um, and for some reason, they just stopped that. I don't really know why, because Salah has got penalties in in recent years one against man city for example liverpool lost 4-1 anyway so it didn't matter but <laughs> he, he got a, he got a penalty in that game through diving um why is nothing being done now about cheating in particularly in the most elite levels of of world football i don't know it, it, it's very confusing but the thing about the the manchester city game is var was in place as well var looked at that and said you know what that's a penalty yeah Somehow, (laughs) they said that it's a penalty. Um, Yeah, you used to get a yellow card for simulation, but Salah does it three times a game and doesn't even have, isn't spoken to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the the idea, I think it was in 2017 when they tried to introduce it, the idea was to retrospectively uh, ban and fine players who were dived. Um, But the ban and the fine could only come if the dive had led to a goal or or, or whatever um, and yeah I, I'm not sure why that never took off because diving hasn't been fixed has it if anything it's got worse in the last few oh, years diving's always been around hasn't it I mean Didier Drogba he, yeah. he was key for it <laughs> Luis Suarez as well he was also one of the main main ones but it's always been around it always will be around but unless they do something about it it's always gonna it's gonna stay and it will get worse yeah i mean in leagues like the championship where there aren't isn't any var you could get away with it but i mean you can get away with the premier league apparently yeah well (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean var in the premier league is is a tough one it's something that's intrigued me a lot um recently because var is a system that in and of itself works pretty well right i mean it it shows you exactly what you need to see to make a decision. Um, but for whatever reason, English referees, you mentioned to me earlier, Spanish referees as well. Why are they so bad uh, at refereeing, despite the fact that they have a whole system <laughs> designed to help them? I feel like what referees do, referees will now not give decisions in the hopes that if it is a foul or is offside, is a handball, VAR will overturn it. And it's a case of, um, I think, referees are scared, in a way, to give decisions in case they are wrong, because then they, they look like, they look silly, don't they? Yeah. If they give, say, give Salah's penalty, and they are like, have another look at that, overturn it, the referee will be like, oh, I've, uh, I've messed up there. It's a bit like in the, I don't, uh, the Merseyside derby, for example where Richarlison... Was it Richarlison that went down? Uh, well, there was uh, there was Jordan Pickford. Um, to, which one are you talking about? The the latest one. Oh, the... 2-0. Oh, the... the t- I don't remember, to be honest. Um, um, the, yeah, the 2-0. I, I, yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure it was Henderson or something. I can't remember who it was. Someone was on the floor. And uh, Calvert-Lewin, I think, actually, ran into the player on the floor, went down, penalty was given. Yeah. VAR came through and said, you should have a look at this. But the referee went over, had a look at the the monitor for about 
two seconds, turned around and said, no, it's still a penalty. Despite the fact that it's a very contentious penalty. Yeah. Player was lying on the floor and the attacker runs in and falls over. You could easily avoid that. Like, you wouldn't see that penalty be given normally, but I think he gave it and VAR told him to look at it, so VAR clearly didn't think it was a penalty. Yeah. I, I think by the same token, um, there is the clear and obvious ruling when it when it comes to penalty decisions. <laughs> but yeah, this is the whole thing about VAR, isn't it? It's clear and obvious. Yeah. Nine times out of ten, the decision isn't clear and obvious. With like these offside ones, armpit being offside. It's ridiculous, isn't it? That, that's not clear and obvious, is no. it? If you have to look at it for two minutes to say that it's offside, that's not clear. Yeah. I was I was gonna say <laughs> if, if if you're looking at a replay like 20 plus times to try and figure out if it's if it's a penalty or not or an offside then it's it very clearly isn't yeah because <laughs> if if it was clear and obvious you'd be able to see it straight away from the very first replay and then and then that that would that would convince you um i agree with the point about refs they they're almost they almost think that var is just this miracle for them yeah so they are they are quite scared of um of making decisions and and getting things wrong um well, I, I don't know whether you saw it. Uh, Lee Mason again in the Crystal Palace Brighton game. Yeah, because he, um, he, I, I didn't, I didn't see it. I heard all about it because he, he, I think he said it was okay to take the free kick. Yeah, he stood back. He, he blew, blew his the whistle, whistle to yeah. take a free kick. Lewis Dunk sees the refer, the goalkeeper off his line, so he takes it, goes in, but then as soon as he blows the whistle, Dunk takes it. He blows the whistle again. He blows the whistle very in very quick succession to almost say like, "Go!" Oh wait, no, don't go. Yeah, and then gives it, then doesn't give it, and then gives it, then doesn't give it. <laughs> but he also gives two penalties to Brighton in that game, which they both miss. Mm. So Bright- Brighton lose that game. Complain it was Lee Mason's fault, but no, they miss two penalties. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's incredible. Because if if you blow your whistle, then the the, the ball's in play at that point. You can't just. Yeah. change your mind you've, on blowing you've, the you've whistle got, you've got to accept that you've made a mistake there yeah uh, I, I i don't know it, it's i don't envy referees put it that way no i i you know what i'd love as well is is them to do a similar thing that they do in rugby and mic the referees up i think they should mic the referees up 100%. I, I, I would love to hear some of those discussions that they have to, to come to some of the decisions <laughs> that they do uh, so, sometimes they they do it in the a league in australia yeah i've seen videos uh on facebook something like that about um i think it was this referee who it was his last game in the a league he was moving to the championship and he kind of they explained about how he, he went over his decision and it worked perfectly when you thought about it like that. Yeah. And when you can hear what they're saying. But when you're just, you know, if it's going on for five minutes, all you see is the referee stood there with his finger up to his ear. Yeah. What are you, what, like, you don't know what's going on. They could be chatting about the weather for all they know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it would help them save face, wouldn't it, if um, if you could actually hear. Because it would clear it up a lot to oh, us. Oh, it would. Because um, then you could understand the logic um, behind some of it. Um. I also I'm a bit of an advocate as well, not not so much as microphones, but I'm a bit of an advocate for referees doing post post match interviews. I think they because should because that would that would be brilliant yeah. to hear about. You know, for example, if if let's say let's take the first Merseyside derby uh, last year, which I'm I'm not still salty about Sadio Mane's offside. Uh, I well, would absolutely love yeah. to ask uh, the referee and and Michael Oliver as well. How on earth did you come to that decision that mm. that was offside? Um, 
I'm I'm perplexed by some of these decisions. So I, I would just love to hear. It's just uh, the clarification that I want. Yeah, yeah. Like if they come to the decision, they come to the decision. Whether it's a right one or a wrong one, I, I don't know. But I just want to know what they were thinking. That it, it's it's it, it's it would be a good idea because um I can't remember who it was. There was there was a manager who said I've got to come and do this post match interview. Yet the referee who's just made that decision doesn't. Yeah, he's got away scot free with this, and the referees' association kind of protects them. They're like, oh no, we're not going to put you on on a big game next week because you know we're scared for you. Yeah, I think there's a lot of unfairness as well um, because if you criticise a referee's decision, you could get fined for it. Yeah, but if it's pretty clear that the referee's made a mistake, um, are, are we not allowed to criticise referees? I mean, because because referees, I think, should have a responsibility if they're going to make a decision, a key decision in the game, to take responsibility for that decision and to accept any any blame that they should take. But it just doesn't feel like any of them are, are willing to do that. It's the Jose Mourinho thing, isn't it? If yeah. I speak, I'm in big trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great meme. You can use that for so many things. Yeah, you can. Um, Premier League, then, this season... It was looking close before. It looked really exciting it, it, it for, looked, uh, yeah, there for was a few like months. Five or six teams in it. City now have just run away with it. But they did lose to Man United um, at the weekend. I, I suspect, obviously, that's just a, a minor blip. And it is a derby. So a lot of things can happen in that's a first in loss a of 20 games, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. So this run of form has been astonishing from then. So as, you know, as bad as the likes of Liverpool have been, Man City have been phenomenal this season. Oh, 100%. Manchester City, like Guardiola, even said it himself. Like, how have you become this successful? He said, "We've spent a lot of money." Yeah, he's honest. <laughs> he knows that they've spent a lot of money. But if you've got the money, spend it. Mm. It's a thing. Um, it, it's uh, Manchester City running away with the league. It's boring, but they've completely deserved it. There's, there's no two ways about it. They have deserved to be in the position they are at. They're at. They are just the ultimate footballing side, but they just can't seem to put that their home form or domestic form into Europe, and it baffles me. Like every season, you think, "Oh, they're actually going to win it. They're going to win it. They're going to win it." Then they go and lose to Tottenham. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was another VAR call, wasn't it, against Tottenham? That one. Oh God, yeah. That was a what yeah. a what a finish that was. Guardiola with his head in his hands. Yeah, <laughs> that was an iconic moment. Um, I, I I often draw comparisons between Man City and PSG in that in that respect. Yeah. Because they they are both so good domestically. They both have so much money. They have some of the the best players in the world oh, yeah. in in their respective squads. And yet they can never seem to translate that in into European competition. Well, I guess one of the questions is why, but that's the thing. Nobody really knows why. No, it, it's you can't really explain why, can you? Because on paper they are the best team in the league, in their respective leagues. They come up against someone like... Who, they lost to Leon. Yeah. They lost to Leon. Sterling's <laughs> miss. Oh, God. Yeah. They <laughs> um, come up against someone like Leon, uh, who can barely finish fourth in their own league. And then they go and beat Manchester City, arguably one of the best teams in the world, 3-1. Yeah. It's, uh, it's like they cripple under the pressure. Is is there? I guess it goes without saying, but there, there, there is more pressure, isn't there? When 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 you spent more money, for example, Guardiola spent I think 
uh, upwards of three hundred million pounds now um, on defenders, defenders, which, alone, which yeah. is incredible. And obviously, Ruben Diaz is the latest one. He looks like a, a good signing, um, but for, for a manager like Guardiola, and the reason I think that his future was being speculated about for a, for a while is that you can't spend that much money on defenders and yet have as leaky a defense as as they've had the, the last few years. I think it's getting better now. Their defensive record is improving, but it, it's the fact that it took so long for, for their defense to, to become as good as it is with the amount of money that, that they spent. Yeah. Um, well, they, they spent 50 million on Benjamin Mendy. He's yeah. played about five games for them. Yeah. I think, I think he spent more time tweeting than he has than he has playing football. If I'm honest, yeah, and Danilo as well. He spent money on yeah. Danilo as well, didn't he? But in all fairness, with the Danilo thing, he did do a straight swap for Giao Cancelo, who has become very good. Yeah. When it, with uh, Juventus, yeah, um, Juve as well this season. Um, but they they play tonight against Porto. Uh, in the Champions League, two and um, first leg. Yeah, um, they're another side who uh, they're not they're not struggling domestically. They are third in in Syria, but um, you said earlier they're, they're ten points off the top with a game in hand, so a net seven points behind the leaders in Milan. Um, I think Juve are another side who sh- probably should have won the Champions League at least once in the last three four seasons, particularly with Ronaldo in the side since twenty eighteen. Um, that hasn't happened either. But th- this season, th- this could be the year, couldn't it, for, for Juve? Um, yeah, every year could be their year. Yeah. They've been in the Champions League final well, since 2015, I think, three times, is it? Twice, actually. 2015, where they lost to Barcelona. Then I think again in 2017, yeah, lost, lost where to they Madrid. lost to Madrid. Yeah. Where they could have easily won both of them. Well, actually, I say that they could have beaten Barcelona. Barcelona, that's like one of the better Barcelona squads that they've had, isn't it? MSN. Yeah. Um it, it, I remember it was very close against Madrid until yeah, they, extra time when it just completely unraveled. But uh Yeah, they they should have beat Madrid, I, yeah, think, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um that's why they bought Ronaldo. They bought Ronaldo to win the Champions League because they know the champion the uh Ronaldo is a Champions League winner. He's yeah. won the he's won the competition five times. And um you, you you can't you can't doubt Ronaldo really, can you? It's difficult to <laughs> a player of his quality, yeah. Um, and the thing is, as well, and and this is something that plays into the Ronaldo Messi debate, um, is that Ronaldo's proven himself in the Premier League, La Liga, and Serie A, and you would probably say with flying colours in all three. Um, Lionel Messi, I mean, he's he's proven himself as one of the very best in the world, maybe the best in the world. That's obviously a, another debate for contention, yes. <laughs> um, but uh, w- would you? Obviously, you're a Barca fan, so you wouldn't want to see it. But uh, how do you think Messi would get on if he went to the Premier League? Say, if he signed for Manchester City this summer, how do you think he'd do? I reckon he'd smash it. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 what he's 33. Yes, I know he's that aging. Yes, but if he, if he had Kevin De Bruyne pinging balls to him left, right, centre, he's going to score a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, going back to the Ronaldo's done it in three leagues. Messi's done it in one. People regard Sir Alex Ferguson as the greatest manager who's ever lived. Mm. He only did it in one league. That's true. Yeah. It's very true. Pep Guardiola's done it in three. Yeah. Mourinho's done it in, what, four? Something like that. He's done it in Spain, England, Portugal, and... He hasn't done it in Germany. No, he's done it in three. Yeah. But 
I don't like that he's done it in multiple countries debate because it doesn't matter when you look at who's scored the most goals currently against the top six sides the big six in the Premier League Messi's third in that leaderboard and he's played what 16 games against them yeah uh, that's true it's very true yeah, so uh, yeah, I, I don't like that debate purely for the fact is when you look at the stats, Messi playing against the big sides in the world, he scores. <laughs> he scores against them. Can he do it uh, on a cold, wet Tuesday night at Stoke, though? Yeah. Yeah? Against Stoke. Stoke are the championship. Stoke are poor. <laughs> <laughs> Just not make Ryan Shawcross. <laughs> Ryan um, Shawcross is leaving this season, isn't he? Is he? Yeah, after, oh, yeah. I think, 16 seasons oh, there or something wow. like that. I remember. I, I think it was Shawcross that um, signed for Inter Miami. Wow, he's going to the, he's going to the states. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember. Um, I think it was Shawcross that said uh, that 2015 game against Liverpool when they won six <laughs> one. Gerrard's last game. And they it? went. Uh, yeah, Gerrard's last game, and and he got a pity goal at the end. Um, and uh, I, I think he said they went in at half time and, and they just, just started, started laughing. laughing. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a Premier League legend, Ryan Shawcross. But. Um, Messi in the Premier League, I'd love to see it. I, I would love to see it, but as a Barca fan, I wouldn't love to see it, obviously. Yeah. Um, but I think if Messi went to Manchester City, uh, Manchester United would have to try everything in their power to get Ronaldo back. Mm. Because imagine a Manchester derby, Messi versus Ronaldo. Yeah. Think yeah. of the viewership. <sighs> that would be a pay-per-view. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, that <laughs> seeing that in Spain with Barca and Madrid was, was good. But uh, yeah, I think seeing that in a Manchester derby would be... It'd be someone yeah. else, yeah. That, that would be. A, I'd, I'd be salivating over that one. That, that'd be a brilliant watch. Um, we're we we well. You mentioned Germany just then. Um, obviously, we, we're kind of covering the the Champions League games as well. The other one, Dortmund Sevilla. Um, very good first leg. Um, oh yeah. Really exciting stuff. Entertaining football. Sevilla, of course. Um, they can't win the Europa League this season, as you <laughs> said. Uh, I feel like it's going to be difficult for them to win. The, uh, the Champions League now as well but Dortmund obviously they are reeling a little bit they have just come off that defeat at the weekend to Bayern Munich um, uh, let's talk about that for a second because that was that was a mu- I mean it was tipped to be the battle of two strikers Haaland and Lewandowski and it was exactly that it was ex- it was exactly that it two was... goals for Haaland in 15 minutes yeah. Lewandowski hat-trick what a game <laughs> yeah <laughs> I think again though it showed Dortmund's frailties didn't it because they, they were up and they were pretty comfortable after 10 minutes mm. I, I know it was only 10 minutes um, that's all you need in a game 10 minutes is all you need in a game isn't it yeah but well, think of the last 10 minutes in the Barca PSG 6-1 mm, they were 3-1 down yep. with 10 minutes to go they had, won no, 6-1. Yeah. They had no right to win it <laughs> exactly <absolutely not. laughs> um, but uh, I, I just I don't know I just feel like Dortmund are it's almost a little bit like a PSG Man City complex but worse because they they can't seem to do it domestically either. Since Jurgen Klopp left, it has worsened a little bit their their situation. I I know they're they're a young side. They're a much younger side than they were. Um, but to be two 0 up against against Bayern Munich and then to to lose it in the way they did and they almost, they almost didn't attack at all mm. after after their second goal. Um, how long do you think it is before we see Dortmund back as a a top side both in Germany and in Europe well for a start they need to stop being like Ajax being a selling club they get big players Pulisic um, 
uh, Sancho, they're, they're thinking about, well, there's talks of him going. Yeah. Dembele. Um, if there's a big player at the club, the likelihood is they're going to go somewhere else. They're a selling club. Yeah. But they can produce the talent. Um, well, they bought Haaland for £20 million. That is an absolute yeah, that's a steal. bargain. Because the thing about Dortmund is the game against Sevilla, there's, there's two words to describe it. It's Erling Haaland. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's most Dortmund games. Yeah. It's Erling Haaland. He is on fire. He's 19 years old. He's big things to come from him, I think. Um, but if he can stay up, if he stays at Dortmund and doesn't go to, I think he's tipped to go to somewhere like Liverpool or Real Madrid. If he stays at Dortmund, they can win trophies, yeah. I think. It's, I think it's about patience, though, as well, isn't it? Because it is going to be a few years, I think, before Dortmund can can achieve that level of success. Um, Haaland and Mbappe are two of the most incredible young players I've ever seen. Um, and they, they, they are... Obviously, they're, they're both ranked among the very top players in the world right now, and for good reason. But they, they both need to be at a great club because we, we both want to see them win trophies. And I, I just feel like Haaland maybe doesn't necessarily believe he's going to do that at Borussia Dortmund anytime soon. Um, I, I, I'd love to see him stay there because Dortmund is a great club. Dortmund, um, Dortmund are, an, are an iconic club. Yeah. Like if you think of their yellow wall, the fan base they've got is incredible. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I almost wouldn't want to see him go to a, a Manchester City uh, because I, I feel like at a club like Dortmund or Liverpool or, or Bayern Munich, in fairness, or Barcelona or Real Madrid, you're, you're at a club with a real pedigree. and it, History. It, yeah, history. And they're, they're, they're an icon in in sport obviously a club like Man City or PSG they don't really have that um, no so they're, they're building their legacy now exactly rather than yeah. the, leg- the legacy that Barca you know United Liverpool have left behind this is it but um, I, I, I don't know is is image more important to players like Haaland than, than trophies because it, if he wants to win trophies I guess next season he'll just go off to to a Manchester City or or someone like that. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't know whether what Haaland's relationship with Dortmund is because they only bought him what a season ago, something yeah. like that. Um, but the thing about Haaland and Mbappe is, I don't want them to go to the same club. No. If they go to the same club, it takes away any rivalry that could potentially be there. Definitely. It, it is. It's almost the next Messi Ronaldo because there's what there's a couple of years between them because Mbappe's 22 now. I can't believe he's 22. I remember when he was 17 yeah. years old and scoring in the Champions League. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> um, it's gone so quick the yeah, last few years. Haaland's 19 years old. Um, I'd love to see them go to rival clubs in the same league, like Barca and Real. That would be incredible because El Clasico would have a name to it again then. Yeah. Because El Clasico's kind of dropped off uh, since Ronaldo left. You think Salah's diving is bad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um I do think Haaland will leave, unfortunately, but I don't know where he'll go. Mm. Uh, whether Bayern will snap him up, whether Man City will, because what once Aguero's gone, Manchester City don't really have that much attacking threat unless they rely on Gabriel Jesus, and Gabriel Jesus isn't a, you know, big name striker that they want to want to have. Yeah, they want to have someone like Mbappe or Haaland or. 
who else would there be? <laughs> yeah, um, it's difficult to find a striker, isn't it? Um, it's one of the more difficult positions to actually fill in football. So when you've got someone like a Haaland or an Mbappe, um, it's, it's everyone gold wants him exactly. Um, so um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. What, uh, we'll see where Haaland goes. But uh, what about this German culture? Because it just kind of feels like players can freely go between Dortmund and and Bayern Munich for example Mario Goetze did it uh, Hummels did Mats it. Hummels has done it three. he yeah. went from Dortmund to Bayern yeah. to Dortmund to Bayern switched or back other way yeah. um, Lewandowski as well obviously went from Borussia Dortmund to, to Bayern Munich and, and in fairness to him he's not looked back since then he's been yeah. a goal scoring well, machine Upa Meccano going from Leipzig yeah. to yeah to this, um, so why is there this culture because you would never see anyone going from Liverpool to Man United um, or Liverpool to Everton or, or I mean, <laughs> unless I, you're I, Michael I, Owen yeah unless you're Michael <laughs> Owen um, or, or who was it that uh, was it Luis Figo Luis Figo yeah. the pig head yes um, so, and that's the kind of thing that I, I don't want to say it should happen but that's the kind of that, that kind of transfer shouldn't happen in football so why does it happen so frequently in Germany I, I don't know German mentality is different like that, isn't it? I mean, you can have a beer in the stadium. <laughs> Hot salt. <laughs> That's the biggest pull factor to German football. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know. It seems to be Bayern do what they want. <laughs> yeah. If Bayern want to sign someone, they'll sign someone, regardless of whether it will, uh, you know, it takes away from the the culture of it. <laughs> they'll spend stupid amounts of money on a player. Like, I say that. I think their most expensive player is Lucas Hernandez, and he hasn't been very good. <laughs> their uh, their centre back. I mean, they signed Benjamin Pavard from Stuttgart as well. Like, if there's a good player in the Bundesliga, he'll go to Bayern. Yeah, I think Werner Havertz are like the only two that haven't. I remember when there was a big suggestion that Werner was going to go to Bayern Munich. Well, it made perfect sense, didn't it? Because yeah, he's a, he's a big name in Germany, big name in the Bundesliga go to Bayern yeah but for me at the time when I first saw that my first thought was don't go there because you've already got Lewandowski there you've already got some some of the biggest attacking threats in the world at Bayern Munich like Leroy Sané he's gone there and he's done nothing really has he no um, he's making a name for himself at Man City yeah I I think watching him sometimes Leroy Sané does look impressive he got an assist um, against Borussia Dortmund um I think he's been okay. I think he's gone under the radar a little bit, actually, at, at Bayern Munich. I think he's. I think he's still he's young, well. though, isn't he? Still very young, but um, I, I feel like again, it, it's like going to to. Well, it is. It is a case of going to one of the biggest clubs in the world. You would kind of fall into that, uh, well, just fall onto the bench, basically. Unless you're, you know, Mbappe, Haaland, Lewandowski, yeah. Messi, Ronaldo, um, De Bruyne, you're just gonna. You're yeah. gonna fall under the radar, or Neymar, obviously. Yeah, um, true. <laughs> if you're a, unless you're a big name player, you're not gonna make your name at a big club. It was like Van der Beek. Van der Beek was one of the biggest names at Ajax, along with Dilikt and De Jong. Now Van der Beek, he, he plays ten minutes a game. Yeah, I think I don't think Dilikt gets much game time for Juve either. Actually, I think they're still relying on Benucci and Chiellini. I think Dilikt. Uh... Scored in gold, didn't he? On his first, he did first game for you. First game, yeah. <laughs> Not the best start. Um, if we just go back to Dortmund and Sevilla, then tonight, um, British Dortmund with 
Haaland in in their side. It, it's a shame that Jadon Sancho is, um, is is injured at the minute because it would have been it would have been nice to see him against Bayern Munich as well on Saturday. It's um, always nice to see an English player do well though, isn't it? Yeah, certainly, especially abroad because yeah, it doesn't, doesn't happen abroad. that often these days. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you think Dortmund are going to? protect this lead and, and see it through because Sevilla are a dangerous side Sevilla are a very dangerous side um, they have they have some very hot, good name players there like, like Gabriel Jesus uh, Ivan Rakitic uh, Yusef El Naziri he's scoring a lot this season um, Munir can always come up with a goal every now and again Lucas Ocampos he's doing very well um, they've recently signed Alejandro Gomez from Atalanta for like six million pound and he's that's a great signing um so Sevilla can do it they can do it um it's just a case of how many goals do Dortmund score and how many goals do they concede yeah I think it's if Dortmund can score more goals than they concede they'll be fine that that's obviously the cliche in football you 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 win games with goals but Dortmund do leak goals (laughs) obviously they leaked four goals against uh thing and they can score a lot. So mm-hmm. if they can outscore how many goals they concede, they'll win. But obviously, yeah, <laughs> that's, a, that's a Michael Owen quote. That is right there. <laughs> <laughs> Captain obvious. Yeah. Um, Juve Porto as well. We, we touched on that. Um, Juve should win it. But obviously the first leg was a bit of a surprise, I think, to all of us. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cristiano Ronaldo. That's all you've got to say. If if he performs, Juve perform. If he doesn't perform, Juve don't perform. Right? Who's their next best player that you can think of? Douglas Costa, um, Dybala. Dybala, but Di- I I feel like Dybala's not lived up to the potential that that he had. Oh, he hasn't. A, a few years ago, I, I remember when he, for example, in 2017, when he scored against Barcelona, I thought this kid's going to do some really great things, mm-hmm. and he just hasn't. No, he hasn't. I think uh, I think he's been. He's been overshadowed at uh, at UV now because um, he was going to be the next name at UV, but then they brought in Ronaldo, and he's like, "Oh, okay, <laughs> I can't really do much now." Um, UV should win. Realistically, when you think about it, they're UV. They have they've got some very good players. They've got Ronaldo, obviously, arguably one of the best players ever. Um, they've got Chesney in goal. He's doing well. Good defensive. He can Chiellini, Delict, Bonucci. They've got Alexandro. He's good. Um, they they signed Artur from uh, Barca. I've seen that swap for Piano. I was surprised. <clears throat> I'm pro- I, 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 I guess that Artur wanted to go, but I was surprised I th- that Barca was so willing to let him go. I think it was a sort of a bend the books thing, to be yeah. honest, because it was Bartomeu who was there at the time. Right, yeah. he, mm, I, I imagine there's something dodgy behind mm. him. Um, Porto could do it. Porto, they're the you know, they're always an underdog regardless of who they play. Really, um, in in Europe, that is. I'd like to see them do it. I'd love, I'd love to see Porto beat Juve, mainly just so Ronaldo doesn't win another Champions <laughs> League. Um, and because you know, obviously Juve, they've signed all these players to kind of win the Champions League and haven't. It, it's like. It's like with City and PSG as well. Like they spend all this money to win the Champions League, they don't win the Champions League. It's always sweet to see them go out because mm. of the amount of money they spend specifically yeah. for this one competition. Um, if I was to put money on it, I'd say Juve. They're, I think they're at home this time. 
Um, I'd say 2-0. I'd say they won 2-0, probably. Yeah. Um, when when you mention Ronaldo and, and Juve being a team that performs based on him, um, it just reminds me of... I mean, we're going to go back to Messi and Ronaldo again, but having a Messi or a Ronaldo in your team, it kind of just turns you into a one-man team in a way. For example, Barcelona really struggle now because everything runs through Messi. Griezmann's really struggled since he went there. Dembele, as you say, is a is a good player, but He's his injuries have, have prevented him from really uh, realising that, that potential. Um, how how easy is, is it just to become a, a one-man team? Because it just feels like that's starting to happen to Juve now a little bit. It is, it is. The only reason it hasn't happened to, say, PSG is because Neymar's there as well. Mm. Um... But if Mbappe left and went to Real Madrid, PSG and Real Madrid would then become one-man teams. The the, the thing is, um, it's probably very easy to pick a one-man team. If you've got a good player, you're obviously going to play him in every single game, revolve everything around him, and make sure he is at the focal point of everything. Yeah. Because, obviously, Barca have goal scorers in Dembele and Griezmann. But you never see them on the score sheet, really, no. do you? It's always messy, messy, messy. And if if anyone else does score, the likelihood is it'll say assist, messy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think, and Juve, their their league performances haven't been so great this season, despite the fact that Ronaldo has scored twenty goals this season in mm. in the league. Yeah. So it, I, you can't take anything away from Inter and AC though, because. They've done well to rebuild themselves from... Oh, they were very, very poor, weren't they? I think AC Milan, like, five seasons they, ago, finished, like, 13th or something terrible. like that. Yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think a few years ago, AC Milan were in a bit of a relegation battle. Yeah. It, well. It's really good to see AC and Juve back, like, where they belong, yeah. up at the top. Um, it's also good to see them have some... Juve have some competition as well. Yeah, it definitely turns Serie A into a, a bit more of a spectacle, that's for sure. Well, they, um, when, you, when you think about it, there's f- four or five teams you could think could win the league now. Yeah. Napoli, Roma, AC, Inter, Juve. It, and it makes for exciting watching. Yeah. I, I think Italian football um, it's sort of lost its way a little bit, hasn't it? Because um, I, I remember when Italian football was, was pretty much the most famous brand of football in, in the world back, back in the day. Like, For example, AC Milan used to be the the best team in the world. But it's Paolo Maldini, wasn't it? Yeah. He was like the focal point of AC Milan's team. Absolutely. Um, I, I'm Inter Milan winning a treble in 2010. Yeah, they beat Bayern Munich in the final, didn't they? Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I, I'm excited to see the, the two Milan clubs come back because it would be great to see them challenging for, for the Champions League again. I, I, I can't say it will happen in the next couple of years, but um, Lukaku's scoring again. He, he, he's back in the goals now for Inter mm. Milan. So, it does feel like there's a bit of a resurgence now from Italian football in terms of getting back to the top of, of Europe. One thing that has really impressed me, though, like AC Milan, they've got a 38-year-old Slatan Ibrahimovic yeah. on top and he's still scoring <laughs> goals. He, he, he is something else, isn't he? <laughs> Zlatan is something else, yes. <laughs> I remember when he got COVID and I, I actually felt sorry for COVID. <laughs> I think everyone did. Yeah. Um, just before we wrap it up, um, we'll... We'll stay with, with the Champions League because it is quite an enticing one this season. There are a couple of teams that are, I, I guess, tipped to win it. Juve 
in the last couple of seasons have been sort of standout favourites. I, I can't really say that this season. Obviously, Bayern Munich, no. having won it last season, I, I expect them to win it again. I, I, I I'd don't know be surprised if they didn't. Yeah. But I think Man City could win it this season. Because Man City, especially if Porto upset Juve tonight, uh, PSG will probably win. If Sevilla could upset Dortmund even. Mm. If Leipzig could upset Liverpool. If if results go their way, Man City will have no one in their way. But even then, Man City could come up against someone very good like Real Madrid, which they did in the Champions League last season, and beat them. Beat them, beat yeah. them quite convincingly. Yeah. But then they just need to stop these silly results against people like Leon, And actually, even <laughs> um, Manchester United, for sake, like... Manchester United at the top of the Premier League, it's kind of like an elephant at the top of a tree. Don't know how it got there, <laughs> but you know it'll event- they'll eventually fall. It's going to come down. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd be surprised if Bayern didn't win. I think City have a good chance. I don't think Juve will win this season, and I think PSG will stumble at the last block again, like right. they did uh, like they did last season. It's typical PSG. Uh, that's been it. Thanks for listening, and if Man City win the Champions League, I will leave the country. Ha <laughs> ha